We are in a series called Live Kind. Turn to the person next to you and say, Live Kind. And so uh, how many of you were here last week when the most beautiful woman in the world spoke and challenged us? Phenomenal. I, I, saw it on, I saw the video. I was like, how am I going uh, to keep up with that? I can't ch- catch a shoe and do Mr. Rogers. I'm not that cool. So, so I planned out 65 jokes to keep up with her one little move that she did. We are actually, as we jump back in, this, uh, we started with living kind, and we started with the church, that we need to learn again how to be kind as the church to one another. And, uh, you know, I, some of you are coming out of churches where it was a lot of gossip and anger and frustration, and, and, you, and you're coming in here, and, and we're trying to reteach you how to be kind, and we're, we're, we're learning how to be kind. And, I, and that was where we started. And then we moved uh, last week. Miss Jamie taught us on how to, hey, we got to go back and be kind to our neighbors, the people who live close to us, the people at the grocery store that we see every week that we know. You know, we got to be close. Well, today, I'm going to move us into learning to be kind where it all starts, where it all succeeds or fails, and that's at home, in the family. And so today, I want to challenge us on being kind at home and in the family. As we start, there's a Brazilian gentleman in a wheelchair, and he comes into a coffee shop, and as he wheels himself into the coffee shop, uh, the waitress comes over to his table, and he says, "Uh, yes, I'd like a frappuccino, and she says, oh, yes, sir. He goes, excuse me, who, is, that, is that Jesus sitting over there? And she goes, well, yes, it is. He goes, you know what? Jesus has been so good to me. I want to do something kind for him. Buy him, give him a uh, frappuccino and charge it to me. She goes, yes, sir. And she runs off to do it. A few minutes later, this English brother walks in and he's got his arm in a sling. It's, he's tore his shoulder all up and he sits down at a little table and the little waitress runs over and says, how can I help you? And he goes, I'd like a little tea. I'd like my little special English tea that I like so much. And he, she says, he goes, wait a minute, is that Jesus over there? And she goes, well, yes, it is. He goes, oh, Jesus has been so good to me and so kind to me. I want to do something kind for him. Why don't you give him a, a, a cup of tea as well on me? Let me pay for it. She says, oh, I'll do that. A few minutes later, a redneck from South South Texas comes in. He's on crutches, you know, and he, and he sits himself down with his crutches, you know, right there. And the lady walks over to him and she says, I'd like a Coca-Cola. And she said, oh, yes, sir. He goes, hey, is that Jesus sitting over there in the corner? She goes, well, yes, it is. He said, you know what? God has been so good. Jesus has been so good to me. I want to be kind to him. I want you to buy him two Coca-Colas for me. Would you do that? And, and put it on my tab. Go give him two. She said, absolutely, I will. Well, after a few minutes, Jesus had drank all the coffee, all the tea, and all the Coca-Cola he could handle. And so he gets up, and he walks over to that Brazilian brother in the wheelchair, and he says, you know what? You've been so kind in in buying me, you know, a little bit of uh, Frappuccino. He says, you know what I want to do? I want to lay hands on you, and in my name, rise up and walk. And that guy gets out of the wheelchair, and he starts running around. And then Jesus goes over to the next table where you see that little English brother with his little mustache and his crooked teeth. He says, you know what? You've been so kind to give me, to give me some tea. He says, you know what? I'm gonna let, let me lay hands on that arm right there. And he lays hands on that arm. And that thing straightens out. The guy starts doing cartwheels all over the place. Jesus makes his way over to that little redneck sitting there in South Texas with his crutches. He stands up. Jesus stand up. And he says, let me lay hands on him. I'm gonna pray for you to be healed. He says, no, no. He starts backing up. He said, you can't do that. He said, please don't lay hands on me. He says, I'm receiving finance on this deal right now and you'll mess it all up. With that being said, we're going we're gonna to learn today how to be kind to family. It starts with family. You know, the home should be a place of safety. Somebody say amen. The home should be a place of refilling so we can go back and, and face the wickedness of this world in which we live in. You know, the home should be a place of total security. 
Your family should be a place where you get built up and that confidence is, is, is encouraged in you instead of insecurity. The home should be a place where, where kindness abounds, not where it's lacking. And I'm here to tell you today that I've done enough counseling to Christian families to know that there's a lot of unkindness in our families, that we are harsh on one another. And the reason why I think we're so harsh with one another is because we know that they'll always still be there because they're family. I think we're, 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 we're rough with one another when we should be kind. And so today, I've got a key scripture that really kind of sums up what I want to teach you today. It's Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. I think I put verse 13 as well, but it's not. It's just verse 12. And it says it like this. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Are you God's chosen people? Say yes. Okay, half of you. Are you God's chosen people? Say yes. Holy and dearly loved. Do you know he loves you? Do you know you're holy not because you're good or bad, but because he's holy and he makes you holy? You understand that? He made you holy. He made you holy by dying on a cross and the blood of Jesus covers our sin. Come on now. And we just apply it. It's not because of good works. It's because of him. And it says this. He says, because we're his and, he, and we're holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness. There's our key word. Humility, gentleness, and patience. I want to teach you today that kindness isn't just something that bubbles out of you all the time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, I love you. God bless. That's not true. Kindness has to be put on every day. This passage says, clothe yourself with kindness. Now, each and every one of you this morning, I pray, took a shower. As you got out of the shower, you were without clothes. And then you went into your little spot, your little dresser area or your closet, and you put your little drawers on, and then you put your little, you put your little shirt on, and, and then you put a pair of pants on and realize, oh my God, that don't fit no more. And you peeled them back off and you found another pair and you tried to put them on, and, and before you knew it, you found the one that fit right, and then you put your jacket or you put your shirt or your sweater on, and you, you buttoned it up and you looked in your mirror and you go, yeah, it is. Now I'm looking to look. <laughs> and you clothe yourself. Come on now. It was an effort. It took energy. You had to plan it out. You went back and forth. Well, that don't look right. Let me get another one. You put another one on. Well, that doesn't look like. Let me try another one on. Wow, that doesn't fit anymore. And I want you to know that each and every day, you and I have to wake up and clothe ourselves with kindness. Especially when you only had three hours of sleep last night because that little sucker wouldn't shut up. Wah, wah, wah. Come on now. That's Pastor Lance. They got a, they got a little one. <laughs> and you have to clothe yourself. You got to put it on. That's what this is teaching us. And so if you and I would learn, hey, you know what? It's not going to just come naturally. I've got to actually plan out what I'm wearing today. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to clothe myself with kindness. And no matter what me and, and my wife were arguing about last night, I'm going to kiss her right on those old beautiful smelling lips early in the morning. And I'm going to go in there. I'm going to make her a little cup of coffee. I'm going to show a little kindness. And before I head out, I'm going to look in my kid's room and say, I love you. Have a good day. I'm going to clothe myself with kindness. It's an action. I'm going to have to plan it out. I'm going to have to work with it a little bit, even if I don't feel it, even if it doesn't sense it, even if I, even if I had a bad week, I'm going to clothe myself with kindness. Now, when we're talking about where it should all start, it should start with our family. It should start at home. Home should be a place of safety. 
And unfortunately, home is not a place of safety. It's not always a place of kindness. If, if I told you how many counseling appointments I had with people who can't stand to even go home, spouses don't want to even go home. They'd rather, they'd rather hang out at work. You know why? Because at work, at least, they know that those people are supposed to be mean. But when they come home, they're expecting to have kindness and love and acceptance. And it's us all is exploding. And it continues to just do this and this and this. And I want to help you kind proof your home. Is that all right? Say yes. So I'm going to give you a couple of principles out of scripture today and how that you and I can clothe ourselves with kindness and kind proof our home. Are you with me? Say yes. A number of years ago, they did a survey, 36 different cultures. So not just one culture, over 16,000 different individuals, some married, some single, all of them preparing for marriage. And they asked them of all the attributes in your spouse, that means the most to you, that you appreciate the most or wish that they possess that they don't possess, what would that be? And every one of them in some kind of shape or form came back to kindness. Because I want to go home to a woman who's kind to me. It wasn't sexiness. It wasn't intelligence. It wasn't work ethic. It was kindness. You know what? Because at the end of the day, We all want people to be kind to us. We want them all to forgive us of our stupidity. Come on, somebody. We want them all to to look overlook the fact that we missed that one, that we made a promise and we didn't keep it. We all want others to be kind to us. And friend, let me tell you something. You and I first have to start clothing ourselves with kindness and begin to propagate it with our own children, with our own spouses, with our own parents. Come on now, young people. And we got to start showing kindness. And once we start propagating that, the home will become a place of safety. It'll be a place of kindness. And I want to give you a couple practical pieces on how to literally develop kindness in your home, how to actually kind-proof your family. Number one, you taking notes, write this down. Number one, never an unkind word. Never an unkind word at home. You should never call them stupid. You should never call them dumb. Let me tell you something. In all the years we've been married, in all the years of our children watching us having disagreements, and Jamie and I have many disagreements, I love, I love that, uh, that what Billy Graham's wife said, Ruth Graham said, we're two always agree, one is not needed. Come on, somebody. Bro, you married someone who's supposed to disagree with you because if she does every little thing you say, you're going to shipwreck the whole thing. You need somebody going, hey, I don't think we should sell the house and buy you a motorcycle. I really think we should have a place to live. You need that. And, and all the years, my children have never heard us speak unkind words to each other. I've never cursed. They, she's never cursed me. I've never screamed and yelled at her. They've never heard me scream and yell at her. And that's because we have a soundproof room in the back. And we, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they've, never heard, they've, ne- they've never heard an unkind word. They've seen us be passionate. I disagree with you. No, I disagree with you. <laughs> But they've never heard a scream, yell, shout, or speak anything unkind. Because early on in our marriage, early on in our dating life, we decided we will always build one another up. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. I love what that proverb says, that life and death is in the power of the... Do you understand how many of you are deeply wounded still in your adulthood because of what a stepdad said to you when you were 12? Some of you don't even think that you can accomplish anything great because of what a grandfather said in a drunken stupor to you. Or what a mother who is stressed out with life, a single mom just trying to make it, slapped you across the face and said you'll never amount to anything. And that still haunts you in your psyche because unkind words have a way of getting down deep and growing like a cancer. 
And so if you want to kind proof your home, you should never have any unkind words come out of your mouth. You say, Pastor, I, I just, I just got to be honest. I, I'm, just, I'm just a shouter. I just am. It's the way I was raised. Good. Change. It's awesome. That's awesome you were raised that way. Now change because you're destructive. That's destructive. You don't want anybody screaming and yelling at you at work. What would you do if a boss started screaming and yelling at you? You'd punch him in the face and leave. I ain't put, never taught me. Like, tell me. No unkind words ever spoken at home. Come on, somebody. That's true. Say, that's good, Pastor. That's really good. Proverbs 15, 4, along that line, says this. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Sweetheart, do you know why he don't want to come home? Because you're so harsh with him with your words. But the little secretary is very kind with her words. I'm just telling you. Bro, do you know why? She'd rather not even be there when you get home. Do you know why she stays up late on Facebook? Because her old boyfriends from back in high school tell her how awesome she is while you're telling her how stupid she is. Never unkind word. You say, Pastor, what do I do? You repent. You change. You go on. It's easy. It's not that hard. And then you, and you, break, you break the cycle. Number two, you still with me? Say yes. Boy, y'all got quiet, but I'm speaking truth. Number two, cover each other's mistakes. Cover each other's mistakes. I, I love this Proverbs 10, 12. It says, hatred stirs up dissension, but love covers over all wrongs. Cover each other's mistakes. Listen, young people, cover mom and dad. Why, why are you being so hard on them? They're doing their best. You got a roof over your head? Well, I would, with so-and-so down the street, they already got a car. I'm 17 years old. I don't even have a car. That's because you don't have a job. You don't have a job, bro. Get a job. Get a job. It'll be awesome. Go buy you one. So I wish my parents were rich. And da, da, da. If your parents were rich, they would never see you because they'd be so busy making money. You got to understand, there's a give and take. Cover them. Stand for them. Don't, 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 don't pit them against each other. Well, mama said this, daddy. I don't know. what I think she's crazy. <laughs> Cover each other. Cover your spouse. Yeah, he ain't all got it together, but he's still there. Don't let your kids say, well, mama, I tell you, he just needs to get right. He's just so full of the devil. You need to say, let me tell you something, baby boy. Let me tell you something. That's my man. All right? I can make another one of you, but that's my man. You don't talk about your daddy like that. Yeah, he's still having a drinking problem. And yeah, he won't come to church with us. But let me tell you something. That man, he's, he's my husband. And I love him. And I'm standing with him. And I'll tell you what. He's going to serve the Lord. And he's going to be strong one day. Don't talk about who he is right now. Talk about who he's going to be. Get away. And you back him. You protect one another. You cover one another. Nobody else is doing it out there. My children. You'll never hear my children talk bad about one another and fight with one another. You say, ooh, I don't know. I've been around a youth group one time. Maybe they got away from me and they did, but not in our home. And because I, I tell them all the time, listen to me. Nobody else is going to protect you and fight for you. At the end of the day, McCain's got to stick together. And we created that culture. We fight for one another. We protect one another. We back one another. Every one of my children have a responsibility to keep our house moving and going and, and, and surviving. They all have little roles, and you know, from, from washing clothes to washing dishes, taking out the trash. And I'll tell you something, it's amazing. Not so long ago, one of ours had one of these little attitudes because uh, mom was there and things weren't, we, we were in a stressful, and, and, and one of the kids whose responsibility it was to do a certain thing wasn't there. They, were, they had something going, and they couldn't be at home for that day. And so, and so uh, my wife looked at one of the other ones and said, hey, I need you to do this. And that one decided, that ain't. 
my responsibility. That ain't, that ain't my job. Ooh. I came unglued. I said, let me tell you something. It ain't my job to bring you food home every day either. It ain't my job every day to make sure you got every little thing you need. But I do it because I love you. Now, you get over there and do what mom asked you to do. Yes, sir, I'll do it. And we've learned to cover one another. You don't let your kids say, that ain't my job. I tell you, it ain't your job. It is your job. Help the family. For the longest time, I had a single mom. And, and, and I did what other kids didn't have to do. I went and cut grass at eight, nine years old to be able to buy my own shoes. I had to do what I had to do to make us a successful unit. Cover one another, each other's weaknesses. Take care of one another. Fight for one another. Be kind, man. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, this will help you. Kind proof in your family. Number three, admit when you're wrong. It's amazing how that thing works. It's amazing. 1 Peter 5, 5. All of you, here we go. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Do you know what? When you and I say, God, I did it, I blew it, he goes, come here, baby, I got you. It's all right. It's all right. He said, mm, I ain't doing it. It ain't my fault. If I wouldn't have been raised this way and if that's wouldn't have happened to me, he goes, uh-huh, wah pop, wah pop, wah pop. I don't know why things aren't going good in my life because you're so full of pride and you won't say, I'm sorry I was wrong. One of my children have learned the secret of this. It's amazing. The other day I was, oh, hey, who didn't do this? And my child went, I'm sorry, Dad. It was me. I, I blew it. I'm so sorry. I was like, well, it's okay. I know how hard it can be. And this child of mine, they've learned the secret of it, man. I'm like, I'll do it for you. Don't worry. No, Dad, I'll do it. They've learned the secret of it. I'm sorry. It's amazing how far I'm sorry will go. Some of you would still be married. If not, head would have said, I'm sorry. Some of you, listen, some of you wouldn't have left home so early if somebody would just say, I'm sorry. I say I'm sorry to my children often because I blow it. I just say, you know, because I'm doing my best to make decisions as the head of the home and, and, and all this information's coming to me. And, and, and when I was younger, if it didn't work, it was somebody else's fault. It's who I was. And then I learned, you know what? No, take responsibility. And so I, I made, and I brought them all in. Listen, I blew that one. I'm so sorry. Will y'all forgive me? Is that okay? I blew that. I'm so sorry. You can see, it's all right, Dad. We're gonna, we'll make it. It's all right. I'm like, it's, I have known that worked so good. I'd have been doing that a lot sooner. It's amazing if you'll just say, I'm sorry. I, I missed that one. L- listen, you need to tell her every now and then, hey, I'm sorry. I, I missed that one. I blew it. I apologize. Would you just give grace and mercy to me? Come on, help me out with my microphone. Would you just give me grace and mercy on that? I, I don't know what happened, but I'm sorry. And I'll tell you something. He resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You want grace extended to you? Then give grace. You know what? Some of you are so hard on your kid. I love you, but you're so hard on your kid. You expecting him to make ace. He's not an A student. He ain't doing crack cocaine. He's going to school. Hallelujah. I mean, come on. And you're giving them such a hard time that they're not making straight A's. Now, I understand a kid that needs to be doing better because they're smarter than what they're producing. But don't be so hard on them. And when you are, just say, you know, I've been hard on you, and I want to tell you I'm sorry. I love you and I believe in you. I'm talking about kind-proofing our family so that we're still here when everyone else is falling apart, so that our kids aren't running off. Let, let me tell you something. I can't tell you how many young ladies told me, you know what, the reason why I went out at 14 years old, ran off with that little dude and slept with him and got pregnant, because at least he loved me. 
and you'd ask and find out and interview the parents. They didn't feel like they didn't love them. They just didn't realize what the problem was. But what it was was they were being so harsh and so unkind that that child forced them to rebellion, and they rebelled and they ran off. And then other times, some of you young people, you're just being rebellious because you want your own way, and we'll get to that in just a second. But let's go to the next one. And so the next piece is number four, don't bring your frustration and anger home. Don't bring your, if you want to kind proof your family, don't bring your frustration and anger home. Listen, after you've driven down I-35 and then cut over on 20 and 45 minutes of sitting in that traffic, you need to pull up in your driveway and just take a minute. <laughs> you just need to sit there and say, oh, Jesus, don't let me walk in the house right now because I'm going to stab somebody. And some of you walk in, and, you, and you're so grouchy, and you're so mean, and your kids are running and ducking under things, and your spouse is like, here they go again. And, and you don't understand why there's such turmoil. It's because you're bringing the frustration and the anger from life and the day, and you're bringing it into the house. I used to have this sweet lady in our church. She said, you know what? I told my, my family, you're not, coming, you're not bringing that junk inside the house. And she told me multiple times, husband, kids would come home, and they'd be griping and complaining, rah, rah, rah. She said, get outside. Go outside. Get out the house. You're not bringing that unkindness into my house. Get st- Stand outside in the driveway. You can hit your head up against it, climb up in the tree. I don't care. But you're not bringing that in my house because it's going to be a place of peace and joy. We're going to be kind to one another, and it's going to be a place of protection. Come on now. Speaking truth. And you're bringing that junk right on in with you. My day sucked. How was your day? Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> but it wasn't as bad as mine. Ba, 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 ba. And you bring all of that in. Listen, don't even come in the house. Sit out. Listen, some of you, you just need to pull up, turn, go ahead and get on your worship music. Your wife's sitting there 45 minutes waving at you. Like, oh, you don't want me to come in. Just give me a couple more. Hold up. Just give me a few more. I'll be there in just a second. Oh, God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Woo, help me love my wife and my kids. Old beat up house, I can't stand. Oh Lord, help me be kind. And then you go on inside. Come on now, I'm speaking truth that'll help you. It's good. Do you know it takes 14 muscles to smile? Come on, use all 14 of them right now. Come on, there you go. Oh, that's so beautiful. Good dentistry in Texas. But it takes 54 muscles to frown. Come on, try to frown. 54. You got to work hard to be unkind. It's easier just to smile. Just smile. I love like Joyce Meyer. She's got a forever smile ever since she got her face. Like it's just forever. It just won't go anywhere. You just need to go ahead and have have your spiritual face live, always smiling. It's so much easier just to smile. I love you. I love Southern women. They smile the whole time they plan on killing you. Praise the Lord. You have no idea. They about to stab you, bro. You better back down. It, listen, I, 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 was, I was watching Dr. Phil <clears throat> years ago. I was sick at home. Nothing else was on. And, <clears throat> and Dr. Phil had this gal on the show, and, and she said, uh, Dr. Phil, you got to help me. I have two children. I hate the oldest. I was six years old. I hate her, but I love my little boy. And I know it's not right, and you just got to help me. So they go into the show, and as they dive down into it, she says, you know, that my little girl, and uh, my, my, my first husband, 
we married, we got pregnant, uh, and we weren't married, and then he married me, and, 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 uh, and we had this little girl, and it was a wonderful marriage. And she said two years into it, I found out he had never divorced his other wife. He was still going there and coming here, back and forth, living a lie. And she said, and it just enraged me. How could he do that? How could he steal my, my, my youthfulness from me? Because I, er, er, I was just barely out of my teens. And how could he destroy my life and, and cheating on me like that? And she said, and I divorced him, and, and then I married this man who's been my friend forever, and, and we had a child together. And she said, when I look at my little girl, I see everything of my ex-husband. I see all the trash and all the anger just stirs up inside of me because she embodies everything that he was. But when I look at my little boy, he embodies everything. But my husband now, he's so kind and gracious. And they had video footage of this woman jerking this 16-year-old, uh, six-year-old up by her arm and beating her half to death and cursing her. And the little baby girl, a beautiful little girl. And I love Dr. Phil and his little South Texas accent. He said, well, you know what the problem is? She goes, no, tell me what the problem is. He said, do you know why you beat her and you treat her the way you do? She said, no, tell me why. He said, because you can. Because she's just a child and she can't stop you. But one day, she will turn, me too, I'm like, what, Dr. Phil? (laughs) He said, but one day she'll be 16 years old. And you won't beat on her and you won't curse her anymore. You're liable to wake up with your throat cut. And it spoke to me. You know why we're harsh on the people that we love the most? Because we can. Because you know they're not going to just run off first time you do it. But try that at work. Try how you act at home with a boss and see how quickly you don't get fired. Try that with a coworker and, and, and realize how quickly you get your nose broke. Like, well, shut up. Talk to me like, well, you lost your mind. Try that in high school. Oh, it's amazing. Send little Johnny with all his little attitude, you know, to school and see how quickly he gets tightened up. Some other little kid like, I will pop slap you. Talk to me like that. Get in line. <laughs> you ain't skipping me. Well, my mama lets me skip. That's your mama. Get back in line. I'll knock you out. The reason why we do that is because we can. But I'm telling you, at some point you won't be able to. You know why you treat your mom and dad with respect like that? Because they let you. The Bible says if you honor your family, if you honor your mom and dad, it'll go well with you in life. You'll live a long life. Shame on us for dishonoring our parents. Shame on us for not recognizing what they've been through to try to provide for us. They may not be the best in the world, but they're yours. And if you'll keep showing kindness to them, I guarantee you, life will be a lot easier. And it'll be beautiful and wonderful. Shame on you for treating your wife like that. Because she quit college to marry you and she can't get a job now because she's giving you three or four kids and she's got to take care of them and you hold that over her. Shame on you, bro. Shame on you. Go ahead and try to finance a cook and see how much it costs you. Try to finance a house cleaner and see how much. Try, try child care and see how much that costs you. You'd be broke. You'd be on the street, bro. You think, you know, that, oh, you, you don't do nothing. Yeah, I do all the work. Okay. Let her leave for about six months and see how quickly you ain't let come on back. I'm tired of eating Fruit Loops, man. Come on, anything. I don't even, you, can, you can even just do them grilled cheeses all you know how to cook, but that's better than Fruit Loops. Come on back, baby. It's amazing. The reason why we do that is because we can. And I'm trying to teach you, clothe yourself with kindness. Because that you get to do. You get to do that. And create an atmosphere in your home. A place of peace and joy and kindness. Some of you little kids are so mean. You say, how are they so mean? I can't believe they like that. Well, they learned it somewhere. Just remember, they learned it somewhere. 
now that I've offended you greatly, let's go to the next one. <laughs> Number five, all the young people, just stick your fingers in your ears for a moment. Number five, you need to discipline your children. The kindest thing you can do for your child is to discipline them. That's what the Bible teaches us in Proverbs. It literally says, when you hold back the rod from them, it's because you hate them. If you really love them, you will discipline them. And let me explain to you what that means. Discipline is nothing more than teaching right behavior and then enforcing it. Teaching right behavior and then enforcing it. Nobody wants to whip a kid. Nobody wants to put them in time out. I don't want to have to, I don't want to, have to fool with all that, but I'd be doggone if I'm going to raise my children who cannot a- actively participate in a right manner in our society. Who cannot, be, cannot hold a job, who cannot say yes sir and no sir, we're in the South, you're going to say it buddy, and who's not going to hold the door for ladies, I, I'm not going to raise kids like that. I'm going to raise kids who are kind and gentle, just as the scripture teaches. I'm going to raise people who literally can get a job and keep a job and provide for their family, but i got to teach them what is right, and then I have to enforce that. That's all that discipline is. There should be no, I don't ever whip my kids out of frustration or anger. The only time I whip them is because i got to get this lesson in them because if they don't learn it they're going to be an adult and when they're an adult without having learned those lessons they kill people they run their cars into people they quit jobs and they hurt people because they never learned it when they were a child when you had them at their most tender moment when you could have really invested in them you were lazy and you hated them to the place that you would not love them and actually teach them what's right and then show them how to live it out And when you do that, you're propagating the difficulties that we have every night on the news. It was amazing to me when I took over a Bible school. It was amazing to me that 21-year-olds could not make up their bed. Couldn't believe it. It's like, did your mama never teach you how to make up your bed? No, she did all that for me. Really? Now you're a grown-up, you can't make your bed. You don't know where to put your clothes? I just threw them on my floor. She'd come pick them up. Are you kidding me? You're killing that kid. You are literally hurting that child because you're not giving them the skills to actually operate in the real world. And when you give them everything their little beady eyes want, you're, you're killing that child. They do not have the ability to actually go through life. That's why we don't put our kids in upward because everybody shouldn't get a trophy. Only those who won, who worked hard, who fought it out. And they need to have disappointment. That's life. That's the life I live. I don't know where y'all live, but that's where I live. Man, thank you so much for coming into our store. Everyone's a winner. I've never had that experience. I never had a boss say, hey, you don't even have to come. Just because you're on, just because you're on staff, we're going to pay you. You don't even have to make your sales this month. We just like you. And everyone's a winner. That's not real world. You're not preparing your children to be real people in our society. And that's why you got to show them what's right and you got to show them what's wrong. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I had this student in Christ for the nation. They're in Bible school studying God's word to be ministers. And I, I was blown away how many would lie, cheat, and steal to get their way. Why? Because their whole life they always got their way. And so the moment we didn't let them have their way, they did whatever it took to get their way. I'll never forget. I had to dismiss this kid. He'd been sleeping with multiple people. Mama calls me up. You kicked my kid out of school. I didn't kick him out of school. He dismissed himself because of his lifestyle. Well, well, all he did was have sex with a couple of girls. All he, uh, what are you, come come to my office. I need to whoop you. I'm going to whoop him and you. 
You the problem. You've been making excuses for him since he was two years old. Oh, he's just tired. He ain't tired. He's throwing a fit. Whoop it out of him. I'll make him tired. I'll give him a reason to cry. My mom used to always say, I'm going to give you, go ahead, cry. I'm going to give you a better reason. Hold on, let me get that belt. Where's that belt at? Oh, no, no, go ahead. It's, a pre- it's, 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 like, it's like the appetizer before I whoop you with the entree. Go ahead and cry. You're not doing them any good by not discipline. Listen to me, young person. I know you're a teenager by now. If you're still sitting in here, you don't need to be whooped. Tell your parents that's okay. They don't need to whoop you. But you do need discipline. You need to know what's right, and you need to see it enforced. The reason why some of your young people are rebellious is because you said what was right, but you, then you didn't live it. You can't tell them don't go drinking with their friends if you're getting drunk every weekend, sir. I love you, but you're teaching two different lessons. So we teach them truth, and then we reinforce it not only by our lifestyle, but also by showing them. And when they cross over that line, then we have to literally bring correction to it so that they can. You want to talk about kindness. That's the kindest thing I could ever do. It's to prepare you to be a viable part of our society. It's the kindest thing I could ever do. It's to help you have the fortitude to keep a job. Come on, somebody. To be faithful to your wife because I taught you what faithfulness looked like. I taught you, you know what, you got this short and you're going to do it every Monday whether you like it or not. I love you. God bless you. You got to go to work. I love you. I'm not, no, I'm not going to finance your insurance. You're going to do it yourself. I love you. God bless you. Get a job. That's the best thing you could ever do for them because what you do is you build them up. You make them valuable. There's no coach on the planet that allows you to continue with bad plans, bad, bad processes, without having the skill set to accomplish the task on, on the field. Hey, he keeps fumbling the ball. That's okay. I like him. Put him in. He's a nice guy. No coach on the planet would do that. And that's all we are is spiritual coaches to our children to make them someone great. So shame on you for not disciplining them. The Lord loves you. He will help you. He will strengthen you. Ephesians 4, 6, excuse me, 6, 4 says it like this, though, fathers. It says, listen, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. Some of you have so exasperated your children that they won't listen to you anymore. Because you, 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 you went the other direction. Bless God. I tell you what, my daddy threw me out there in the river when I was three years old and said, seek or swim, son. I learned to swim. That's what I'm doing with my boy. And you've exasperated them. What that means is you've frustrated them. And so now you don't have the ability to teach them and train them anymore. That's where kindness comes in. Where you say, hey, listen, I, I, I gave you a task. I gave you an opportunity to grow. And I see that it's too much for you to bear. Come here, let me, let me take some of that off of you. And I've had to do that multiple times with my children. Multiple times. When Cohen first started cutting grass, he was like four. He was really young. It was hilarious because, you know, I, I wanted him to learn. I didn't want to cut the grass anymore. He needed to learn, doggone it. Pull your weight around here, sucker. And uh, so I'd start the lawnmower, you know, it was the self propel. And he's, <laughs> you know, my yard looked all like that. And after a couple of times, I was like, man, he can't. And, and uh, I, I, at first, I wanted to see if he could start it. And, you know, he's like, God. And after a while, he's like, yeah, my arm hurts. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm exasperated. Let me, let me start it for you. And then just walk with me for a little bit. So the first six months, he just walked with me. And he held the little bottom bar, and I held the top bar. And then, and then we added to it as he had the ability to grow in it. Some of you exasperated your kids because you put an expectation on them that Jesus Christ himself couldn't hold up under. I mean, you're, again, like I said earlier, you're expecting them to make straight A's. They're a B student. Thank God they're going to school. Come on now. 
rejoice and say, baby, good, way to go, baby girl. That bee is beautiful to me. Yeah. Biomasonic, man. You did, a, you did good. You studied last night till 11 o'clock. Good job, sweetheart. Don't exasperate him, but at the same time, we got to teach him what's right. Are y'all still there? Am I okay? Do you still love me? All right, number six, man. <laughs> Just lost half our congregation. <clears throat> Too much truth in one time. You don't know me that well, Pastor. I don't know. Now you went to meddling. And from preaching to meddling. Number six, be active in each other's life. Be active in each other's life. You need to know what's making them sad this week. You need to know the big things of their life and the little things. You need, to, you need to know who they're talking to, who they're texting, who they're tweeting with, back and forth with. Listen, listen you, know why she, she, you know why she ran off with the guy at work? Because he knew her better than you do, bro. Because she was doing her thing and you were doing your thing and you look up one day, you don't even know each other. I'm talking about how to kind-proof your home. Kind-proof. You know, just, just during the middle of the day, I just called Jamie for no reason. We're always on the phone. I'm always, we're always interacting. We're always telling each other, guess what just happened? You won't believe this. Oh my goodness. Our face is on a billboard. What? Let's go drive by and see it. And we were always just interacting and, and laughing. And, and, and I know what's going on in her head. And she knows what's going on in my head. And, and we're just always interacting. And same thing with my kids. I'm always wanting to know what they're going through. I mean, and my teenagers now, you know, they, they, don't, they don't have a lot to want to talk about with dad. But when they do, you know, I'm just sitting and I'm listening. And I'm asking questions. And I want to know more about their world. And I don't even understand their world. Listen, young you got to help us. We don't understand your world. We're still trying to remember our password for Facebook, and you've already moved on to Periscope, and you're already Snapchat, and all of a sudden we're like, Snapchat, what is that? Periscope, that's, that's off a submarine. What does that have to do with communication? And you're all in there, you know, and like, that's so weird. He's so old. And, and I'm, I, thought we were, I thought we were Facebooking each other. You know, that's so dead. Oh, my God. you got to give us a break and help know what's going on in our life and understand our world as well. And if we will actively pursue one another, understanding each other's world, we'll create a kind barrier that protects us from all the world and all of its surroundings. And home can be a place of joy. And home can be a place where we build each other up. And home can be a place where we love each other. And home can be a place where we get refueled. And God's name is proclaimed as great in our home. And we go out as one family. And we go defend ourselves against the world. And we come back and we can refuel. And we go out and we come back. That's what house home looks, needs to look like. That's what our family needs to be. We don't need to be bickering and fighting and pulling and tugging on each other and hurting one another. Come on. That's got to be, of all places, that has to be the place of kindness. Of all places. And then the last and final piece. You still there? Say yes. You have to plan kind acts. They're not just going to happen. I don't know how those roses got there. I was thinking about getting some for you. They just showed up. Poof. That's not at all what happens. Let me tell you what you need to do, bro. Costco has two dozen roses for like 20 bucks. Two dozen. Who cares what color they are? Two dozen. Say, so I don't have a Costco card. Bro, get past it. Go stand out there. Some little sweet lady walking in with a Costco card. Say, I have 20 bucks. I don't have a Costco card. And my wife, she's so precious. And I've just been wanting to buy her roses. And this is all I got is 20. Would you put them on your card? Would you, if I give you 20, would you grab these right here? And would you buy, would you go through the checkout? And I'll stand here and wait for them. Oh, you're the greatest husband there's ever been. I'm going to go get those for you, little darling. Listen, I'm telling you, you got to plan 
acts of kindness. They're not just going to happen. You're waiting to reciprocate kindness when you receive kindness. That's foolish. Clothe yourself with kindness. Plan it out. You know what? I'm going I'm to surprise him. He ain't even going to believe it. Man, I'm going to have a steak waiting on him when he gets home, and it's going to be one of them fat, juicy ones. I'm going to have to go sell the lawnmower to pay for it, but I'm going to get him one. It's going to be awesome. And just acts of kindness, you got to plan it, though. It's not going to just accidentally happen. Kids, come on, young people, plan some kind things for your folks. They'll be like, what? You just, you cleaned the house. Nobody even asked you to. Here, take the car. Go anywhere you want. <laughs> Forget about the F in English. Here's money. You know what I mean? We, it would so blow our mind. We would... You catch us off guard like, I don't know what to do. Just give it all to them, baby. Give them their inheritance now. I don't <laughs> empty the bank account. Seriously, we need to plan out. They're not going to just happen without some effort. Are you still there? Say yes. And look at this last one, Proverbs 14, 14, and we'll close out here. A mean person gets paid back in meanness, but a gracious person in grace. Do you know why you're struggling at home? Because you've been mean. I love you. I love you. But you've been mean. You've been grumpy because what's not been happening right at work. Listen, hey, if you've got a single mom, you have no idea. She's trying to be mom and dad. You need to give her a break, bro. You, you, listen, you have no idea what dad's going through to try to keep a job in this economy especially when he's been in a, in a field that it's dying out, and that's all he knows. He had no idea the pressure he's under just to try to be a good dad. Show kindness. You'll reciprocate it. You'll get it. It'll get, be given back to you. Are you with me? Stand with me all across the room. You guys have been awesome. I pray this word is ministered to you and strengthened you. <clears throat> We're going to kind-proof our family. Somebody say yes. yes. And so as we pray today, there's a couple things I want you to pray through. I want you to pray through what kind acts can you Start planning for your children, for your mom and dad, for your spouse, roommate if you're a single person. As we pray through, I want you to pray through, Lord, where have I allowed my words to become hurtful? They stop being kind. I want you to start thinking about that. I want you to be able to just repent right where you stand. We don't have to embarrass each other. We all, we all have words that we are so embarrassed of and so ashamed of. And all of us, as parents especially, can look over and say, man... I did not do that right. And God has grace. He helps us in our weakness. He covers our foolishness, and our children end up okay, I promise. But now's the time to start kind-proofing our family. What are we going to wait till they, till they all run off on us? and wait till you're separated? Let's do it now. He said, well, we've got a pretty good marriage. Yeah, I don't want you to have a pretty good marriage. I want you to have a great marriage. I want you to have the kindest marriage. I want people to come and get counsel from you. Because they say, I've never seen anything like it. I, I don't know what it's like to always speak, speak life over each other. I, I don't even know how to do that. I, I, I see you always blessing each other and doing kind things for each other. I, I don't even, I've never seen that modeled. That's going to be your testimony. With your head bowed and your eye closed, let's just take a moment and pray. Whatever your situation is, as I was ministering this, I saw in your eyes you received truth. The Bible says you'll know the truth and it'll set you free. If you're a single mom, single dad in this room, I want, you to, I want you to know you're doing good. If you don't hear from anybody else, I want you to hear from me. You're doing good. You say, well, Pastor, how would you know that? Because you're at church. 
You're doing the best you can. You could have slept in. You could have said, look, you don't understand. I got piles and piles of clothes to wash. I, don't, I think little Johnny goes through six clothes, uh, pairs of clothes a day. I don't know where, where all these clothes go. You're, you're a good mom. You're a good, you're a good single da- dad. You know what? Because you're trying. You hadn't quit on yourself. You hadn't shipped them off to somebody else. Thank you. Thank you for loving Jesus and trying to help your kids know him. Some of you in this room, you've been slack when it comes to teaching your children. And you haven't been reinforcing those truths, those right teachings. And the Lord was bringing correction to you as I was sharing that. It's okay. You're not a bad person. You just got busy like we all do. You, you forgot about those things. You probably never had it modeled for you. Oh, but it's important that little Johnny, little Susie gets to know truth. And they see it modeled by you. And they get disciplined when they overstep that line. They, don't need, they need to know right from wrong so they can be a viable part of our society. Even if they never serve God, they at least know how to, how to live in our society as a viable part. Some of you in this room, as I was just talking about with our spouses and, and, not, and not, not saying harsh words, you felt the conviction of that. Some of you, as soon as you get out of the car, you go running inside and you just start throwing up everywhere. You know what I mean? Just blah. And the Lord is challenging you. Just sit in the car for a little bit. Get the peace of God back on you. Get the kindness back sturdy. Clothe back yourself with kindness. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray as one family, one, one church, one unit. Lord, we recognize that kindness is a, is a great teaching in Scripture. That we need to be kind to our neighbors. And Lord, we need to be kind to our communities. But Lord, it starts in the home. And Lord God, teach us how to be kind with one another. Lord, the reason why we're harsh with each other is because we can be. Because, because we know that no one loves us the way that person does, and so they'll have grace on us when others wouldn't. Lord, because those kids are our kids, and so we can treat them like that because they're ours. Oh, but Lord, we don't want that anymore. Lord, we want our lives to exude kindness in home, at home more than anywhere else. Lord, may we fight for one another in our home. May we back one another. Lord, may we protect one another. Lord, may we grab those words as soon as they come out of our mouth and say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, I got, my anger got the best of me, and I don't mean that. Please forgive me. Lord, may we be quick to say, I'm sorry. May we be quick, oh God, to love with words of kindness and actions of kindness. Lord God, today and now, we repent for being harsh with one another. Lord, we repent for being so hard on mom and dad picking apart all their weaknesses and never never um, celebrating their strengths. Lord, we're so sorry for not covering them and honoring them. So Lord, help us. Or for the single men and women in this room, oh God, to remember how good you've been and how much you've done for us through our parents. Lord God, I just thank you. It'll be more than a Father's Day card, more than a Mother's Day card. Father, that will always show gratefulness and kindness to our parents. Lord, for our children, oh God, and Lord God, we get in their world. We stop living to provide for them to the place where we don't even know who they are anymore. And with our spouses, oh God. Lord, we stop chasing our careers and trying to just make it through the day that we don't even know what they're going through and we don't know them anymore. Lord, we fight for kindness. Lord, whatever it takes, turning off the TV, coming home a little earlier, whatever it takes, oh God, may our homes be places of kindness. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give an opportunity. Maybe you're in this room and you say, Pastor, the truth of the matter is, everything you've been sharing is true. But for me, I don't even think I'm a Christian. 
In fact, I know I'm not. In fact, I'm pretty insecure that were I to die today, like if I'm out at the intersection and the light turns green and I go to drive through it and an 18-wheeler runs the red light and sideswipes my car and kills me, and I'm then standing before Jesus Christ, I'm pretty sure he's going to look at me and say, I'm sorry. Why didn't you serve me? Why didn't you give your life to me? Why didn't you listen to that little short guy with the pink shirt preaching his guts out? You pushed me away time and time again. Friend, don't do that today. If you're away from God, if you're not a Christian, or you used to be and you've walked away, I want to give you a chance to come home. I want to give you a chance to accept Jesus. But the starting point is admitting I'm not right with God and I need to repent. I need, to, I need God to forgive me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, who would be courageous enough to admit that that's where they're at? I'm not right with God. I need to get right with God. If that's you, would you lift your hand? God bless you, sister. Anybody else? Say, pray for me. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Pray for me, pastor. I'm away from God. Thank you, man. God bless you. Thanks for your honesty. Man, I love real people. I love genuine people. Thank you, sweetheart. Anybody else? I'll give you about five seconds. We're going to move on, but I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pull you forward. I'm not going to call out your name in front of everyone. I just want to introduce you to Jesus again. I just want to jumpstart that relationship again. Anyone else? About two seconds left. Say, pray for me, pastor. I'm away from the Lord. I want to come home. God bless you, sir. You can put your hands down. There's been probably like seven or eight of you. I want to pray with you right where you stand. And I want to lead you in that prayer. In fact, I want everyone in the audience to pray out loud as well and join you that lifted your hands. And we're going we're gonna to repent and ask God to forgive us. And he's going to cleanse you. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, he's the son of the living God, then he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so those that lifted your hand, I want you to mean this prayer as I lead you in a prayer of repentance. And everyone else, join them saying it like this. Say, Jesus, no, out loud, Jesus, today I repent. I ask you to forgive me all of my sin, all of the shame. Wash it away. Here and now, I declare Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. I submit my life to you. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me, fill me with your Holy Spirit, and write my name in your book of life. I promise to serve you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you for every man and woman who was honest with you today and prayed that prayer maybe for the first time or a returning time back to you. Now, Lord, let them sense the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. Let them know they don't have to perform. They don't have to go to church to be a Christian. They don't have to give money to be a Christian. They are a Christian and they are yours because they asked and they received you into their life. Let them feel the peace of that and the joy of that right now in Jesus' name. Let them know that they know that they know that if their car exploded in a ball of fire and they were dead immediately and they stood before you, let them know that you're going to say, come here, baby. Come here, I love you. I've been waiting for this, but I'm so proud of you. Oh, but Lord, I wasn't that good. I barely even knew how to walk right. Oh, I know, I know. But you gave yourself to me. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that they would know that they know that they belong to you. You keep your head bowed and your eye closed. Father, I pray for my friends today. Lord, I want their homes to be a place of kindness. Lord, I want them to be confident that their children aren't rolling their eyes behind them as they try to say something. Lord, I want their kids to be confident. Daddy loves me. 
Daddy's doing everything he can for me. Lord, I, I, want their, I want their family unit to be such a place of kindness that the moment that some friend comes over and is talking bad about people, that all the family members look at each other like, oh, no, he don't know. Hey, look, you can't talk like that in this house. We don't talk bad about people. We don't. We just, we just as kind as we know how to be. This is a safe place. This is a place where we build each other up and don't tear each other down. Lord, may that be the home of every one of these men and women. And Lord Jesus, may they know you and may they love you and may you strengthen them and may we all live kind in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, Pastor Jonathan. Let's close this out.